2020 was not a very fun year. We had the amazingly terrible COVID pandemic happen. We had several deaths uh, that hit us close to home and and just a lot of uh, terrible things happening across the world. You know, we'd rather just forget this year. But for this one podcast, we're going to be reliving the top pop culture moments of 2020. And I hope you stick around because these are the moments that are worth remembering. Welcome to another episode of the Planet Fantasy Podcast, and we're your hosts, Damon and Kyle. How's it going, Kyle? Not bad, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, Christmas was a very low-key holiday for me this year, uh, you know, and it's just getting colder and colder, and uh, I'm ready for springtime. <laughs> yeah. You know, Same so here. how was your Christmas? It was good. Yeah, it was It was pretty low-key as well. Spent it with, uh, with the fam, um, but yeah, I'm ready to ring in the new year. Um, it's been a wild year, so we're going to kind of have a fun, you know, just recap of some some fun stuff that happened this year. We are joined by our, our lovely guest, Anna. How are you, Anna? Oh, you know, living the dream. Just finished uh, Clone Wars last night, actually. So Woo! as I was telling you guys about before the pod started, which yeah. was a wild ride, but did I take the time to actually let it simmer and think about it? No, I jumped right into Rebels because <laughs> I'm zero chill. This is, <laughs> yes, this is the way. Yes, this is the way. I have a lot of catch-up work to do, so. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are you up to, Kyle, as far as uh, shows? Um, I'm still on Korra. Um, I haven't made a ton of progress. I'm still in book one, but I'm loving it so far. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm honestly kind of in that weird transitionary phase where I'm trying to find a new series to binge, other, you know, other than Korra. Because I just finished um, The Last Airbender. I just finished uh, the I watched the boy season two again for the first time since it, you know, since it dropped. Um, so, yeah, I kind of need something, something new to jump on. Twelve monkeys. Oh, great call. That's been on my list for a while. So, yeah, that's a, that's a good call. Please do. It's my it's such great time travel. Oh, it's so good. Um, and I'm just watching Friday Night Lights right now. So uh, nice. for the first Don't time like ever, that. it's really emotional and it, it's. The fact that people told me I should binge that, I question their sanity because that's, that's <laughs> a very heavy show to just keep watching episode after episode, guys. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I'm almost towards the end of season one though. So did you did you watch the movie first? Oh, I've seen the movie like so many times. Oh, okay. I love Good. the movie. You know, Booby awesome. Miles and he can pass. I mean, <laughs> like that was a movie we'd watch like on any day at like during football that we weren't practicing like it was a special like off day where we didn't want to do anything we'd yeah. probably end up watching that so i love it um but all right well so that brings us to what we're going to be drafting today and as kyle kind of mentioned we're kind of doing a little re just break that down a little bit more yeah so um 
we are basically uh sorry my audio cut out there for a second but i imagine dame was introing our, our episode um <laughs> we are basically going to be just breaking down um between the three of us we're going to get four picks each as is the huge and we're going to break down just kind of our our four favorite or our four highlights in the world of pop culture from this year um I think everyone would agree it's been a bit of a shit show of a year, but there have been some bright spots regardless. Um, obviously, um, you know, some of our favorite IPs are still pushing out some really fun stuff. So we're going to break down our, our top uh, picks from that. Uh, we each get four. And uh, yeah, as always, we are going to play a list game to determine the order. So what's our list game this week, Damon? Yes, we're doing uh, essentially all new uh, movies or shows that have uh, come out in 2020. So all of them are possible and on the board. This could be a pretty long one. So I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, so Anna, you can go ahead and start. And Kyle, you can go second and I'll, I'll finish it off. Well, okay. let's start off with The Mandalorian. So Perfect. Um, let's go with She-Ra and the Princesses of Power, the final season. Oh, good one. I need to watch that. Oh, so bad. Okay. Uh, the Queen's Gambit. Yes. Nice. Uh, Clone Wars season seven. Nice. Um, Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. All right. Uh, I've heard a lot of mixed reviews on that. Uh, very intrigued yeah, to watch it. Um, <laughs> let's see. Let's go with Dave. The first season. Oh, great show. Uh, gotta go with fucking diabolical. The boys. Season <laughs> I love it. Don't be a, a terrible rendition of Carl Urban. If you haven't watched this, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, um, let's go with uh, devs. Yes, uh, I'm going Umbrella Academy. Hmm. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, what we do in the shadows? <laughs> so nice. funny. Um. Let's go with Shit's Creek. Oh man, so many people love that show. It, it's just everywhere right now. Um, I'm gonna go with Ozark. Nice. Uh, I don't know how to say this one. It's either Pen Fifteen or Penis. I've never actually seen the show, but I know it came out. So. <laughs> I'm not I sure which penis. one either. You know, we'll go with Penis. I feel like it's Pen Fifteen, but oh. I just wanted to cover my bases. Very fair. <laughs> Um, let's go with God. This year's been so long. I don't remember what came out. Um, oh, uh, uh Soul. Oh, of course. Yes. Right. Um, I'm gonna go with BoJack Horseman, the final season. Ooh, good one. I forgot about BoJack. Uh, Expanse. Nice. Um, throwing it way back. Uh, Tiger King. The OG of the 2020 season, <laughs> right there. Uh, I'm going to go with the Birds of Prey. I uh, love that nice. movie personally. Nice, nice. Uh, Killing Eve. Ooh, that's on my list. As I love my love flea bag, I need to I need to jump on that. Um, okay, let's see. Um, love is blind. Ah, oh, such a good pick. I'm going to go with On My Block. Nice. I can't believe you guys didn't pick this one yet, but Picard? Oh, oh I'm not a big call. Trekkie, to be completely honest. Okay. Yeah. That's, That's more the, the honorary third host, uh, Thad's speed. But, um, yeah. My friends. mom was a Trekkie, and it was her <laughs> thing. 
but I'm a Star Wars person, so. Um, let's see. Uh, the New Mutants. Oh yeah, that that happened. I still haven't yeah, that seen happened. that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, let's go with the uh, Bridgerton. Nice. Ratchet, so good. I'm so surprised that it actually didn't blow up on social media. Oh, that... I heard a lot of bad the... things about it. To be honest, but really, yeah. Oh, I thought it was amazing. Is that the the one flew over the cookie's nest one? Yeah, with Sarah Paulson and the creator of American Horror Story. That's awesome. I, I definitely need to check that out. Yeah, it's really good. Um, let's go with. Let's see. Oh, give Riz Ahmed the Oscar. Uh, Sound of Metal. Nice. Um, speaking of Ryan Murphy, the politician. Nice. Uh, dead to me. Mm. Um. Oh man, it's getting down to the wire. Uh. Uh, Mulan. All right. Um, I'm going to go with Onward. Nice. Uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Yes. Mm, good call. Um, let's see. Five. Uh, four. We said the boys already, didn't we? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, Kyle is out. So that would be my next pick. I'm going to go with My Hero Academia. Oh, nice. Uh, lock and Key. I love that. I'm so ready for the next season. Um, oh, a show that did not get, uh, get re, uh, renewed, but uh, October Faction. Oh, that's a good one. Um, shoot. Uh, Godmothered. Was that good? It was cute. Like, I wouldn't say it's, like, the best movie ever made, but it was good for, like, a couple of laughs. And Lord knows in 2020 we need some. So. Um, okay, a, a nice heartwarming movie. Jingle Jangle. Nice. Oh, I heard that one was good. It was. I enjoyed it. The music wasn't as good as I wanted it to be, but it, they were they were good. It was it was a lot of fun. Okay. Um, Deaf You. That was mm. not a great show, but I had to watch it anyway. Joy's <laughs> <laughs> um, living in a deaf household. If anything deaf comes on TV, you gotta watch it. So very fair. Um, Letter Kenny. Oh damn it! That was fair. my next one. Wow. That's a great pick. Pitter patter. Um, discovery of the Star Trek variety. Gotcha. Nice. Okay. Um, Lovecraft Country. Um, the second Crudes movie. All right. Nice. Crudes 2. Tenet. The Crown. Um, the Last Dance. Are we doing docuseries? Yeah, that works. Uh, the flight attendant. Yeah. Hmm. Um, prodigal son. Uh, Space Force came out this year, right? It did. It did. did I make that up? I don't, I don't know if the before times count as twenty twenty. <laughs> the before, before. 
it's the now now um okay speaking of which solar opposites Hmm. yeah uh cursed which one is that it's like the it's on netflix it's like one of the king arthur ones oh yeah that's right um how about man um five three um, uh, two one crossing swords Ooh. That's right. uh, That's warrior nun was that one taken no it's not good one was the witcher this year it was the witcher oh damn it how did i not get that one <laughs> I cannot believe that's this year. Yeah, it feels like five years ago. Um, okay, it's on me now, right? Yes. Yeah. God, I want to be trashy uh, and Sid Bachelor, but I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Cobra Kai was this year, it was wasn't not, it? No, that was like two years ago. It's actually okay. about um, to drop on January 1st. The new season. Yeah. Oh, um, that Chris Hemsworth movie. Yeah. Extract. Good one. Nice. Good one. Uh, the Old Guard. Uh, Ava. Palm Springs. Um, that RDJ movie, Doolittle, came out, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that, 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 happened. that happened. That movie happened, <laughs> unfortunately. I'm just trying to think of shows like I've or and movies I've seen pop up because my show watching has been kind of limited this year. Um, Hubie Halloween. <laughs> that was pretty fun. Uh, I liked it. I haven't seen that one yet. It's classic Sandler. Be... It really is. Did the last season of The Good Place drop this year? Or was that last year? It was this year. Yeah. All right. Good Place. Um man okay let's think of another oh bad boys for life wow also feels like five years ago that could win some awards right (laughs) no for sure (laughs) um the amazing race i know that's a bad one to pick but i'm picking it i'm here for it okay if we're going for those if you really want to go there i'm going with big brother Uh, Lower Decks. Oh, that's, mm. I need to finish that, but that's so good. I, I do enjoy that. Uh, Jack Quaid is amazing. Um, I'm going to go with Superstore. <sighs> Isn't that the last season? Yes. Oh, no. Um, Big Sky? Did someone say that? No, oh, I've only ever heard of it. Is it good? I've only seen like two episodes and then I got distracted with Clone Wars. <laughs> Very fair. Um, how about five seconds? The Babysitter, Killer Queen. Nice. Uh, Tiny Pretty Things. It's like a ballet show on Netflix. I've heard about that. 
Um, crap. Five. Is this it? Three, two, um, one. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I can't think of it anymore. There's well, a... that I'm still ashamed because y'all just went off. <laughs> <laughs> you told me to bring it, so I studied. Oh, you studied? <laughs> well, then. Well, I was I all off the dump, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's way more impressive than me. <laughs> well. All right, so Anna wins. So you determined uh, the list. Get, I mean, I'm sorry, the order of the of the draft. Okay, so I would like to go first, and then I'm gonna do Damon, and then Kyle. Is that cool? That's okay, fine. All right, so I'm gonna come in swinging, <laughs> and my first pick is gonna be Disney Investor Day. Yes! Wow! So the announcement of all that new Star Wars and Marvel content. I'm calling it. It's mine. <laughs> it's a great first pick. <laughs> well, it's like, go big or go home, because I kind of know who I'm working with here. So I was like, I got to go for the big guns. So, Absolutely. I mean, there's so much content announced. There's, like, Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor coming <laughs> back for Obi-Wan. That one blew my mind. And I was just sitting on Twitter watching these announcements, and it was, like, one after the other after the other. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, I think my brain might actually explode. I'm so excited. Yeah. Oh, um, I mean, there's so much to unpack with just that one pick because it really just stretches, you know, across so many different fandoms, which is really why it makes it such a great pick. Um, I mean, you're getting everything from old school remakes, like, or reboots, such as like Mighty Ducks, which I've been waiting on since I was a kid. You know, <laughs> you're getting Chip and Dale with John Mulaney and, uh, and freaking uh well crap i'm blanking who who is it with john mulaney and who's the other guy and his friend oh nick kroll right hmm. no not nick kroll well it's somebody really funny once we think of it <laughs> but then you're getting all the star wars all the marvel uh which one are you most excited for uh guys um, That's like asking someone to choose their favorite child. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, none of these children are born yet, technically, so it's hypothetical. I mean, I really love Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen, so I am very excited for Obi-Wan, but also I have to give a shout-out to Patty Jenkins with that, um, that video that she drops, yes. because it's just like roller skating she's wearing orange jumpsuit we're like yeah okay patty like what are you doing here yeah <laughs> and then she's just talking about this really nice story about her dad and how he used to be a fighter pilot and then she puts the suit on and then she dons the helmet and then she's like skating towards an x-wing and i'm just sitting here like oh my god patty what have you done to me <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm so excited for that i mean getting like a super like fighter pilot a group in space kind of like top gun in space is going to be so fun and seeing what she can do with that oh yeah what do you think uh what's your what which one are you most excited for um so i agree with the obi-wan one really because that for a while i just wasn't sure if that was still coming out um and then to confirm hayden being in it is wild uh, at first you know when that first was announced i was just i was like okay like why you know, it's just Darth Vader. He's going to be in the suit. But then my roommate kind of pointed out that like 
if they were just going to give Darth Vader in a suit, they would have cast some random stunt actor. So he's obviously going to have some screen time, which is really intriguing to me, whether in like, you know, in whatever capacity, I'm not sure yet, but that's really exciting. Um, and then for a dark horse pick, I'm really interested in the Buzz Lightyear movie. That looks really, really interesting. Starring our boy Chris, Chris Evans. Evans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that's exciting. Do you like the call of it being about the origins of the actual like spaceman instead of, you know, the toy? I do, because I would argue the first tour story is Buzz Lightyear's origin movie in that universe. I mean, he, his life kind of starts there. So, uh, yeah, it being based on, like, kind of the real guy is incredibly fascinating to me because maybe this is, like, incredibly naive or just oblivious. But I had no clue Buzz Lightyear was kind of based around some astronaut. Um, I don't know. that stupid i guess but like i, I that's really interesting to me i, I think that's going to be a, a fun story did did any of y'all watch the uh show the animated show growing up that was essentially I like not. that uh, i did not but i've heard really good things about it yes so if like they borrow any kind of inspiration from that for the movie i'm hyped guys it, it, yeah. it could be really fun um mm. you know you have the whole battle between what is it korg i think is the evil <laughs> alien so uh, zorg Zorg, 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 that's right. Yeah. And then you have the whole little, the little alien guys from maybe Pizza Planet could even be a part of the, uh, the show. You know. That's <laughs> Um, I'm gonna go and pull a, a Mallory Rubin, and you know have several because that's just I can't choose. Um, definitely, like I said, the Mighty Ducks TV show. I've been waiting for this. As Lauren Graham, you have Emilio Estevez coming back, the Mighty yeah. Duck Man himself. Emilio, um, <laughs> and and then like just the idea, like I love that so much. The idea that the team just not being that good and getting making them better and becoming a family, uh, I just love to see what's going to happen with that. As far as the Star Wars shows and movies, I, I got to go with Soka. This has been what yeah. I've been waiting for since Rebels, and Anna, who uh, you know, of course, just started Rebels, uh, is going to you know see all the action that happens with Ahsoka eventually. And what will lead us towards hopefully this series, and oh, I'm so excited to see that. Um, so a hot take: I was actually really annoyed with the season two episode of the Jedi and Mando because I was like, "You're just going to introduce Ahsoka as like a one-off," and then they announced the spinoff, and I was like, "Okay, I can actually get behind this now. There's a reason why you did this." Yes. Well, like, yeah, it makes perfect sense. You know, I feel like even if there wasn't going to be another show of Ahsoka, which, like, I mean, it was inevitable, I feel like she would have shown up in the show again. Like, you know, they made it seem like she was going to be busy doing her own thing, kind of like Captain Marvel, you know, in the MCU. Those same kind of vibes. Like, you know, I, I got this own mission I got to take care of. Let me do this little thing with you, and I'm gone. But uh, if she didn't get that show, I feel like she would eventually be in, like, season three, season four of Mandalorian. Um, but that being said, that show is going to explore hopefully what we've been waiting for uh, since Rebels ended. Uh, now, Marvel, that's a tough one because there's a lot of different ones that could end up really fun. Um, Fantastic Four, I got to say, just because it could be done so well. I'm, I can't wait to hear what the casting is going to be. Um, I'm hyped. There, there's so many different movies and shows that were announced. I, I, I could talk about it way too much. Uh, anything that we didn't mention that you wanted to throw out before uh, we move on? Loki. Yes, Loki. That trailer was so dope. 
I love big chaotic energy. So Loki's like my dude. I was, uh, <laughs> that was the Disney or the Marvel Disney plus show. I was least interested in before the trailer. And now I'm like, I have no idea what to expect. And I love it. Like it was so fascinating, especially having Owen Wilson of all people in it. Like that's just so interesting. Um, yeah. And per your, uh, pick a fantastic four damon i would uh implore marvel if you're looking for casting choices may i direct you to a podcast called planet fantasy where we cast the movie ourselves because you can't find <laughs> a better cast than that <laughs> thank you thank you I, I do rather enjoy the cast i come up with uh it'd be cool if at least one of them came true you know uh that it, would make me very happy i really liked yours as well okay kyle don't sell yourself short uh everyone go listen to that episode it was a lot of fun we definitely got our directors uh chosen wrong I went with, yeah. uh, I think, um, Brad Bird, and you went with Peyton Reed? Yeah. Yep. Sad to say, but Peyton Reed's going to be getting a Star Wars movie at some point here soon, I bet. Oh, he's directed some of the best episodes of The Mandalorian. So, Hands down. No doubt. Um, all right, then. So, that's the Disney Investor Day. Uh, that, could you, I don't know if you could have a better number one pick than that. Uh, yeah, that was incredible. <laughs> I told you I was going to come in swinging. So. You, you won it fair and square with the list game, so you deserve it. So I'm going to go with the second best first pick, okay? So I'm just going to a very specific Disney property, and I'm talking about season two of The Mandalorian, okay? Um, It was just, you know, a lot of people said monoculture was kind of dead after Game of Thrones ended, but I felt like this kind of vibe of everyone watching The Mandalorian, even if it's everyone's kind of watching at a different time, it's like as soon as you watch it, you're just diving into talking about it with all your friends. Uh, everyone's kind of invested in these characters, or at least they're invested in, you know, our boy Baby Yoda, our boy Baby Keith. Um, <laughs> and, and it just hits so many different points this year. You know, we got everything from Cobb Vanth and that awesome crate Dragon to we got Frog Lady, who is such a minor character, but everyone loves so much that we want a TV show about her, you know? Um, I would watch them. I would die for Frog Lady. 110% I would die for Frog Lady and her family. <laughs> no, they were so adorable. Um, and then, you know, you get Ahsoka showing up, which just had me so hyped, so happy. Bo-Katan, I mean, amazing. You, you we're getting so much more backstory of Mandalore, which hopefully yeah. is what we're leading towards, maybe. Um, and then uh, we get so many scenes about Grogu, you know, of course, you know, we found out his baby Keith's name is Grogu. It's not Keith, unfortunately. Um, I still don't know how I feel about the name, but, uh, you know, it's his name. So I have to accept it, um, <laughs> I guess. But oh, the scene where he's just touching, touching Din's face. Oh, God. Is just. I cried. <laughs> It hit me so hard. Oh my god! It was maybe one of the most in, like heartwarming and heartbreaking scenes of the year. It like it was that whole last episode was just chaos after chaos. You know, at one point I took off my slippers and I threw them at the TV. I was so <laughs> angry <laughs> at what happened in like the last three minutes. I was like, how dare you bring in Luke Skywalker? How, how do you have the audacity? In like at, at the end of the day, it was so obvious that it was going to happen, you know, Luke Skywalker, but like, even as he was like mowing down these dark troopers, I was just like, it's not Luke. Yeah. And then I see the the hand, you know, the glove. And I'm like, it's Luke. 
Yeah, it is, and I'm okay with it because this is amazing. The CGI was just a little jarring to me personally, mm-hmm. but it was so cool to see Luke Skywalker there in the show. And I don't know if we're getting more of it. If it was just a one-off, uh, we will get more Grogu. Cause if we don't, I, I think the world will not be okay. <laughs> the world may riot. <laughs> no, like the Mandalorian is great for many reasons, but I, and I'm not, I'm not, I'll be like, I'm not too proud to admit this though. Like 90% of the population who watches it, watches it for Grogu. So, I mean, he, he, if he doesn't come back, you're going to see like a real big drop, I think in ratings on that show. Um, I don't think he'll come back right away, though. No, that's the thing. I think season three might be a, a Grogu-less season. We, we, we might get, like, nothing from him in that season. And I'm okay with that, you know? Yeah, I just don't want the character to be gone because that doesn't make sense as far as the character of Din now. Like, the fact that he cares so much. Yeah. He's not just going to be done done with this with his son because it, it's mm-hmm. his son now for all intents and purposes. It's his yeah. baby son, and he's going to take care of him. Um, I just don't know. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen, but we have a what 20 years to play with before uh, the academy goes up in smoke. Don't touch him, Kylo. <laughs> Do not touch him. We will come after you. We will <laughs> also talk about Bill Burr. Bill Burr, yes. yeah, so much character development in one episode. I mean, right? God, I, I love it because it, you know he he's one of the characters that is allowing us to really dive into this gray area that Star Wars do, Star Wars does not like to play in. You know, it's always the black and white. It's the Jedi and the Sith, the dark and the light. And and to see this kind of you know his whole like you know we're the same. What's the difference? You know, this side is doing this, this side is that. It's all the same to these villagers. We're just taking over their planet. It doesn't matter who's doing it. And uh, you know to hear these words from a former. Uh, he was a trooper, right? Former ISB. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, someone on that side, but it seemed like he he really wasn't there for the cause. It was just a job. It really shines a lot of light on just making this world feel really authentic and real. Uh, what do y'all think about Mayfeld? I love him, partially because of what you just said, and partially because him being in Star Wars canon means that there's a planet out there that exists <laughs> where people have purely Boston accents and I would love to visit. Oh, this whole world. Yes, where is it? And where can we find it? I, I want it, you know. They all wear answers. Imagine if it was Tython. Imagine if it was like the my- mystical Jedi planet that they went to. Just everyone there used to speak in Boston accents. <laughs> He's one of the Honestly, last ancestors. <laughs> percent. that's great um y'all that was a really great episode um i of course he was going to shoot the guy and you know talking about operation cinder that was really great i you know i just love getting little bits of background like that about the star wars universe um those are might be like my favorite parts of anything star wars you know it's just connecting itself to the larger universe um, people maybe didn't like that so much about this season, but that's one of my favorite parts. What do y'all think? Yeah, I think, so I think season one existed to basically, I mean, essentially the marketing was without saying so much, they were basically saying, if you are not a Star Wars fan, here's something you might like, like, here's a Western that you might really be into. And then season two was like, Hey, Star Wars fans, 
get ready to lose your minds. Like we're going to give you everything you've ever wanted from a star Wars show, all the callbacks, all the references. And I love that. Like I, they did, they did a good balance without sacrificing the real story of the, of the season. Like you guys said, like there were some really great call outs to um, characters and stuff, but it was still a pretty, like for the most part of a pretty singular um, story. And what I love is, you know, he, he's not one of my like picks for the draft, but, Pedro Pascal has had an incredible year. Uh, I haven't seen Wonder Woman 84 yet, but I'm sure he's great in that. And it seems like it seems like he's great in that, but like he just absolutely crushed season two. I think he was good in season one, but like maybe it was just the extended um, scenes of him taking the helmet off, but he was just, he blew me away in this season. I've, I'm really, I think it's one of my favorite Star Wars performances out there. I dig it. Uh, what was your favorite part of uh, season two, Anna? Honestly, the finale with the girls causing the distraction. Yeah. It was, it was the theme of 2020, girls get stuff done. You have Fennec Shand, you have Bo-Katan, you have Cara Dune, and oh my god, I always forget the other girl's name. I forget it too. Uh, the wrestler. Costa Reeves. Yes, thank you. And, you know, most of the time it's like, oh, the guys are going to cause the distraction. And, like, girls can just do the other thing. It's like, nope, we're going to come in. We're going to come in swinging. We have a shit ton of guns, and we're just going to go for it. And yep. I love it. You know, you know, we, have, you know, there's Cara Dune, and then there's the actor. Um, but Cara Dune was badass in that episode with her gun. Like, that was such a badass scene. Everything about it, uh, they just mowed down you know, and got to exactly where they needed to be. I love Bo-Katan. I love her fighting style, you know, like when she's like flying and, and then just coming down with a kick. It looks so much like the animated, uh, the animated version. They did that so well. Uh, apl- you know, applause to them on that. Uh, their action scenes are so good, guys. Yeah, really well directed. But yeah. And I'm so excited for Fennec Shand and Boba Fett's spinoff. Bo- you have no idea it's going to kill even though i hate tatooine yeah you know i think that's where we get Cobb vance uh guy, bad guys you know i think they're gonna be against each other i'm crossing my fingers because that was one thing i loved this season but i loved Cobb vance and i was like man i just wish he would show up again just for like maybe one scene in the finale or something so yeah him with the new boba fett show there's no way he isn't gonna show up so that's so exciting because timothy oliphant fucking crushed that i mean he's like so charismatic uh it doesn't help that he's like really hot um but he (laughs) he, uh just a great character so i agree damon there's like if he doesn't show up in the book of boba fett i'll be i'll be shocked oh shout out to phoenix shan yeah i will almost forgive them for taking us back to Tatooine, if it gives us Cobb Vant back, yeah. almost. <laughs> Very well, true. We're getting that next uh, winter, you know, next December instead of Mandalorian. So, I think it's going to have some some awesome stuff for us. But before we talk the whole episode about Mandalorian, because we can, um, we're going to go ahead into Kyle's first two picks. All right. Um, so, I don't know if you heard, but when Damon initially said one Disney property, The Mandalorian, I kind of said, oh no, because I thought he was going to go with this one. I am so glad I'm able to grab this before you, my man. Uh, It's kind of along the same lines, but it's not a specific moment or show. I'm just going to go with the Ahsoka love this year between Clone Wars Season 7 and The Mandalorian Season 2. Like, our girl just fucking crushed 2020. 
I mean, she is just – if you even look back at the previous seasons of Clone Wars before this year, the journey that she went on, you know, she she leaves in, I think, season five? Five? Yes, five. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, season seven coming out, I think it was April um, this year, and her coming back, and I just – I'm so impressed with the arc that she had, the role she had to play in – not preventing but like surviving order 66 and then yeah her episode in the mandalorian probably stands as one of my favorite episodes of television in quite some time um not like also for other reasons i think it was well directed i think dave filoni just knows how to direct a, an episode of television it was beautiful to look at it looked like a kurosawa film um but ahsoka like I, they just you can tell that there's so much love for this character and I think that that was already the case, but this year really proved it, right? Like she's, she, I think she's become so many people's favorite um, Star Wars character after this year. Uh, I love that when I watched, so when I watched season two with my roommates, they had never seen uh, Clone Wars or Rebels. And we finished that episode and they immediately were like, all right, where do we find Clone Wars? Where do we find Rebels? Like, I want to know more about this character. They loved like the white sabers, like they were just so in. And I love that because she's such a unique character. I mean, we get to see really like her entire journey as a Jedi and then leaving that behind. And uh, Anna, like I'm so I'm so excited for you to see what she what she does in Rebels. It's it's really fascinating. Um, but yeah, just all the Ahsoka love this year has really made me happy because she is definitely one of my favorite uh, Star Wars characters. Anna, how do you feel about Ahsoka? in her rise to uh, in the fandom. Okay. Well, considering I went on this entire journey this year <laughs> and <laughs> um so I honestly feel for the people who had to have like that 6 year hiatus for Clone Wars 7. Oh, like I was yeah. able to jump into it. So I feel for you. I can't even imagine like how heart-wrenching that was. Not It was rough. We're <laughs> all wound up. But um, I have to say, Rosario Dawson crushed her depiction of Ahsoka. She really Absolutely did. crushed it. I don't think they could have cast anyone better. The only thing that really irked me was her depiction of her, I don't know what they're called. Um, Montrails, I believe. Her Montrails, yeah. Because they just looked creased and they, they looked fake. Mm -hmm. And I understand, like, there's obviously a difference between cartoon and, and real life. And, you know, as a Jedi, I know it's going to be harder for her to move if they're longer as uh, Chargruta's, like, they get the Montrails get longer when they age. So, you know, physics obviously doesn't work with you. But it just looks so cheap yeah. in the episode. But then, like, Rosario brought it back with her acting and her moves, and I was like, okay. After, all the negativity aside, Rosario crushed the episode. She didn't. I think if they brought in anyone else, they wouldn't have been able to do it. Yeah, I agree. I, I was, uh, like Damon knows, I was skeptical about it beforehand. I, I was really in the camp of, like, let's try, like, Ashley Eckstein. I mean, she's already voiced the character, and Katie Sackhoff voiced Bo-Katan, and now plays her in, you know, the Mandalorian, which is a little different because they modeled Bo-Katan after her, like the look of the character. Um, and Ashley Eckstein has never really done any live action roles. So I was definitely in that camp. I, I was like, let's give her a shot. But after the episode, I, yeah, I mean, Rosario just, she, she could not have been better. She completely understood where the character was at, like at this point in her life. I think that all her interactions with Grogu were in, just phenomenal. The way that she 
kind of like my favorite scene in the in the in the episode is when um she's like come over here real quick and mando's like yeah he's stubborn he's not gonna listen to you she's like no 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 you like you come here like i love that she's teaching him to be a dad too like it's just <laughs> it's great she was she was fucking incredible oh yes oh ahsoka is my favorite star wars character and that happened before this year so i didn't have season seven i didn't have you know the mandalorian episode but everything from you know season seasons five five seasons of clone wars and then the rebels episodes she she just you know just grew before her eyes and she became such a complete character with flaws, uh, the great backstory, the connection between these super important characters while also not having touched live action until now. Um, and then we get season seven of Clone Wars, the siege of Mandalore. I could probably watch like once a week and still get super excited <laughs> because so I love Darth Maul. I love Ahsoka. I love Mandalore. Um, Clone Wars made me such a, a you know such a fan of Mandalore, and then like the fact that Mandalorian came out and it just throwing such curveballs at us with all these new Mandalorian roles. I was so confused. I was like, okay, I'll roll with it though, whatever. Yeah. Um, but with Ahsoka, I, I love her. She's just so confident in herself. Uh, you know, after seeing her become very, you know, she was so brash and kind of not insecure but she was you know a little naive uh, when we first met her but she was so young and you know she just has grown into like literally such a powerful jedi she was able to to hold up with with darth she beat darth uh maul and you know she was able to stand up with darth vader um and it's just i love people that are so happy to see her in in this main culture now um, I can't. I bet people are. You know, when people can actually go out and do Halloween, that we will see tons of cosplay and outfits of Ahsoka now. And for sure. I'm so excited for that. Yeah. Um, what's what's your favorite moment of Ahsoka that you can share, Kyle? Um, I'll plug my ears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't worry. There's, there was a Rebels one I thought of, but I'll I'll hold back. Uh, I think probably. I, probably the three episode arc uh, at the end of season five just I think that like that is one of my favorite pieces of Star Wars content just like the idea of like a framing and a whodunit is always fun for me and the way that she animation sometimes has a disconnect with emotions it's hard to really connect to a character and I felt so much for her the way she feels so betrayed by the Jedi Order and the scene where she leaves and says goodbye to Anakin is just like it fucking crushed me. It's so sad. Um, so yeah, that just that whole episode three episode arc really I think that is what cemented her as one of my favorite um, Star Wars characters because she goes through so much and she really is such a strong character like physically strong but really like strong willed and like she survived that and so much more and to look at like where she is now and like we mentioned earlier her show coming out like it's just the future is bright for this character i think that there is still so much to be told about her so yeah that that's just that i think that episode or that three episode arc really kind of just confirmed how how much i love this character as bright as those white lightsabers uh such a great thing thing to see what about yeah. you anna Oh God, there's so many moments I could pick. Like I'm really partial to the younglings yes. just because I would die for Gunji because I'm a sucker for any Wookiee content <laughs> ever made. 
right? Um, but I think I'm gonna have to go with the series finale when she's helping Rex, like the last three episodes. Oh man, episodes, just because you know she comes in, all of her friends and the clones are actually decorating their helmets with like Ahsoka's markings. And then, you know, Order 66 is executed and they're turning on her. And some of them have the white helmets and some of them have the Ahsoka helmets. And, you know, the droids are trying to help her escape. And, of course, R.E.P. droids. It's so sad. I I was really sad about the droids, not like, you know, Justy or anyone else. But, um, (laughs) you know, she, she tries to save her friend, really, Rex, who's pretty much like if not her closest clone friend, like definitely in the top five, right? And he's gone through so much turmoil over the course of the series after losing Fives and Echo and all of those people. So the two of them actually wind up escaping together. And then just the ending scene when she drops the lightsaber and walks away and then Mm. Vader comes in and picks it up and then you just see him walking back through the reflection of the helmet. I'm like, Dave Filoni, you evil bastard. (laughs) How could you do this to us? (laughs) And also a hot take. I feel like Ahsoka had more motivation to go dark side than Anakin. Agreed. I feel like more plausible. Absolutely. But she didn't strength character. You know, Anakin was just so guided and so manipulated by, by our boy Palpy. Like I almost can't blame him. Just because, like, he got played, everyone got played, you know? So, like, I really can't, like, I can't blame Anakin as much as I can blame everyone else around him. He had no support system. It was a trashy support system, those damn Jedis, Uh, you know? You can can blame Mace Windu. That's who you can blame. Yep. I I love that purple lightsaber. He was. He really was. (laughs) Um, But I, I... I mean... I feel like we can blame Anakin because if you can't tell that Palpatine is really um, <laughs> Tim Curry, right? Like, you know, something sus is happening if Tim Curry's voice is coming up in the background, right? That's, that's very true. I don't How dare you? Hey, and, hey, even Yoda had no idea that that, that was Darth Sidious right there as, as yeah. the, uh, you know, Senator Palpatine. But, you know, Anakin, poor Anakin, you know, but also I Speaking of Anakin, do y'all think we're going to get some like Anakin flashbacks with the Soka on Obi Wan Kenobi? Maybe. Ooh, that would be interesting. Or Ahsoka, even. Yeah, yeah. maybe an Ahsoka site. You know, it would it it really couldn't be Rosario, could it? Then it would have to be someone a little younger. But yeah. Um. I think there's a lot of possibility of all three characters showing up kind of different places. I what like top of my bucket list or whatever. I would love to see. And I didn't think this is possible before the season finale of Mandalorian, but I want to see Ahsoka cross paths with Luke at some point and learn that, you know, Anakin turned back in the end and, you know, saved his son. Like, I think that would be just an incredible, that would be, an emotional scene on the level of Grogu saying goodbye to Mando. Like that would, that would be devastating, but it would be also just wonderful. I'd love to see him meet Luke. 
<laughs> I would, that would be the point where I just quit the Star Wars fandom. I'd be like, forget it. You've played my emotions too much. I'm done. I'm going back to Star out. Trek. <laughs> yeah, no, really. That that scene would be be everything to me. You know, I, I would love that so much. But okay, before we talk about Ahsoka for the rest of the episode, because <laughs> we easily could, uh, let's move on to Kyle's second pick. Yeah, okay. So let's, yeah, I'll get us away from, from Star Wars. Um, <laughs> and I'll, I'll go ahead and jump to a completely other medium. You know, we're just talking pop culture highlights. Um, so this game uh, initially actually came out in 2018, but I really, I don't think there was really anyone talking about it before this year. A lot of that, I think, is due to the quarantine. We had, you know, more time. Um I love the way that Among Us has just taken over this year. Uh, I'm very biased, as you two very well know. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's because you're sus. It's because I'm terrible at the game, and I just love getting killed. Uh, but <laughs> um, I love this game. I think it's the perfect kind of party game. I do think it's hilarious. There was a meme that said, like, don't you guys love how when the quarantine started, we were all playing Animal Crossing, this innocent game about farming, and now we're all playing a game about space uh, crewmates killing each other. Um, that's the way this year has gone. But I, yeah, like I said, like yeah, the game came out two years ago, but I really don't think anyone was really getting into it before this year. And it's just so fun. It's it's a it's a pretty simple game, but it I don't know. There's something about it that's like got a real replay value to it. And uh, I think, you know, Damon was talking about like the Halloween costume with Ahsoka. I saw so many crewmate uh, Halloween costumes this year. It was it was crazy. I think it's I guess it's a pretty easy costume to make. But um, yeah, this game has just kind of taken over my life. I play way too much of it. But yeah, I just I love it. How do you feel about that, Anna? Um, well, first of all, I have to say shout out to Crystal for her uh, six round murder streak. <laughs> game recognized game um i actually recently only started playing with you guys and the fact that you know you're able to set up a discord channel and actually hop on and hop off is super helpful yeah Yeah. the more the more amazing it is and you know if you have that one friend that irks you at work like your coworkers, and you have a server with them you can just kind of off them and not feel guilty about it it can just it's a, such a fun minutes, game so. to play with people <laughs> and it's like the perfect game for the pandemic because you don't have to be anywhere near them it's actually makes the game better almost i feel like i don't know have y'all played Evcal? have you played the game with like people in the room with you playing I have, and it definitely complicates it a little. It complicates it a little bit because I don't know about you guys, but I just have a, a, a gut like reaction when I get killed. I can't help it. That's why I mute my mic on Discord. Uh, so when I play with a group of people, it becomes very obvious sometimes who the imposter is or like what's happening. Um, but yeah, when you're when you're not playing with someone in the room, it's so much more fun because you can't even gauge their reaction to what's going on. So it's just there's a whole lot more, uh, I'd say, hilarity that that happens. <laughs> Yeah, see, like, like Anna, I just recently played. I literally played one one night of it, um, so I'm very, very newbie to it. I didn't even know what was going on at first, but it's <laughs> such a fun, addicting game because you just get to essentially blame your friends that they're killing people, you know? <laughs> it, I love bluffing games. I grew up on, like, Balderdash. Um, yeah. And, you know, just being able to try to bluff. I grew up on cards, you know? The ability to be able to hold that poker face is so important in in those games. And, you know, like Kyle said, if I was in front of people, I don't know if I could do it as well, you know, 
because, you know, I'd have to control how my face looks and, you know, I couldn't laugh or be smiling. But, you know, with the Discord channel and being able to do it uh, remote, you know, you're able to kind of have a much better poker face. You're able to kind of uh, convince people otherwise. And, man, just people being able to just tell people, like, there's no way I did that. Just just gaslighting people for fun. Uh, you know, that's a 2020 game. I very much so. <laughs> yeah. And there's customization options, too, which also make it fun. <laughs> like the hat. Mm, yes. Like I always um, play with a banana what's y'all's go-to color for y'all suit? Um, purple. <laughs> and Thad keeps trying to jack it for uh, me every I'll other round. Either, so right Makes now, Dan, you'll appreciate this. My name on the on the game is Golden God, so I'm going with yellow. <laughs> but <laughs> otherwise, I'll go with pink. That's usually my my go-to. Nice. I've only played once, and I was red for the first like couple rounds and i was terrible uh then i switched to blue and i, I feel like i'd stick with blue um i feel like that'd be my color don't be red red poor really lion unlucky. got stuck with the red and became a literal red shirt and just got killed so <laughs> um are y'all excited for the new maps that they're adding oh yeah so excited yes i don't even play the other two the one that we played most of that night is really the only one i stick with so i need to get a little more adjusted to the other two so it sounds like we need some more uh, among us nights guys i agree (laughs) well you know among us really did get everywhere and like it's literally hitting like game consoles now you know it just hit the switch with like a switch exclusive map actually Mm -hmm. and uh you know so when that happens you know a game's gotten really popular uh like when did it hit like around april or may maybe when it really started taking off yeah i'd say right around like yeah april or may and and just to highlight how popular it hit you know we have our our girl aoc that's uh done a couple live streams on twitch playing the game you know and talking with with people so you know it's it's just kind of everywhere right now so that that's a really solid pick thank you all right, that takes us back to uh, back to Damon for his second pick. All right, let's see what I have on the board. All right, this one. Um, so, let me set the mood. It, it was essentially, I believe, in April. Yes, uh, the the pandemic was starting to really hit us. You know, like we were had been pretty much in quarantine since early March. You know, uh, I think that's when the for the most, you know, the shutdowns kind of started and we needed something to help us get through. Enter Netflix and ESPN who partnered to release this epic docu-series called The Last Dance. Um, And then the world pretty much lost its mind for for those four weeks. Um, It was everywhere on social media. It created such great new memes, especially the great Jordan meme. I took that personally. (laughs) Um, it it was just such a well done docuseries you know it blended that you know never before seen footage of the last season of Michael Jordan's Bulls and and then bouncing back and forth between that and all the highlights of his career and personal life Um, and I just learned so much about him and that that team Um, I didn't even personally know that that he came back during the 95 season and lost in the playoffs. No one likes to mention that all you Jordan truthers guys. Y'all just leave that out. Like that didn't even happen, but it happened. 
It happened. <laughs> but uh, even as a LeBron now. fan, I, I I loved every minute of that. Um, you know, the Bulls is, is was almost a mythical team growing up. I the first basketball game I ever remember watching was those '98 Finals against the Jazz. So like to watch this and go back to see what like led up to all that was just magical. Um, and I had to go with it just because of you like literally everywhere I went and I didn't even watch it when it aired live on TV. Mm-hmm. I had to wait yeah. until July until it yeah. dropped on Netflix. And even then I was like, Oh man, now I can see what everyone was talking about. And then, you know, it just created a second wave of people talking about it for another couple weeks. So it was just kind of everywhere there for a couple months. And I loved it. So uh, what do y'all think? Um, yeah. I mean, Michael Jordan is, is like a mythical figure at this point and this show like reinforces it. Uh, I, I've not always been like huge into sports. Um, I think this year kind of got me a little more into it outside, you know, outside of the saints, but, uh, yeah, I, I think that this show docuseries sometimes I think either go to documentary or to <laughs> two series. Like it's hard to find a balance with those. And this one did a really good job. It kept it really engaging. I think that it was the season was short enough for it to stay really, you know, um, interesting. And yeah, I, I was I was so into it the whole time. It was so fascinating. A lot of it, the stuff in there, I, I I didn't know. Like you said, Damon, we didn't know a lot about that last season with uh, the Bulls. So it was it was just really fascinating. And I agree about the memes. I've used the uh, I took that personally meme over and over again. <laughs> Oh, it's so good, and I—I th- I mean, Jordan's even happy because it replaced the crying meme. You know, the crying Jordan <laughs> yeah. meme. It, I don't see that replace, hardly anymore. Replace the "fuck them kids" uh, <laughs> meme too. <laughs> well, what do you think about that? Uh, about the last dance, Anna. Honestly, I haven't seen it yet. It's on my never-ending list of things to watch, but I've heard really good things. And now I know where the origin of that, and I took that personally. Yeah. Uh, yes, from, I so mean, it, you know, you learn the, something the new every day. really just showed <laughs> just how competitive Jordan was and why, and, and really why that was the reason they were so good. Um, and, you know, it just showed so many little things like that, you know, you would have never known the freaking flu, uh, flu game was not the flu game. That just mm. blew my mind. Yeah, uh, that's wild. There's so many little moments and I don't want to spoil it, you know, even, you know, spoil, you know, things that happened literally in the 90s. But Anna, you know, just just watch it and come back and, and talk to us about it because it, it, it was fantastic. I love that uh, docuseries. My, my, my only gripe with it. I mean, it was great. I was a little confused. Right. You know, it ended and I was very confused at the fact that they didn't cover his, you know, his crowning achievement when he uh, played basketball against literal animated uh, monsters. <laughs> but, you know, the, that's the only thing. I just wish they would have included that. I, I would argue that's the peak of his career. But they otherwise, talk, it was great. You know, they talked a little bit about it. They talked about the fact that they played, they had the, all those pickup games, uh, you right. know, during that's it. Right. But they definitely <laughs> did not talk enough about Space Jam. You're right. You're right. That, that's a very <laughs> fatal flaw. Um, Space Jam 2, anyone next year? Are y'all excited? Uh, cautiously. Very cautiously excited. 
cautiously optimistic. It's one yeah. of those things where like, like you're I pumped said, for I'm it, a, but also you don't LeBron want your truther. childhood to be ruined. And I will say so. he is a better actor might- than Michael Jordan. So we have that going for us. Yeah, he's he's fucking hilarious in Trainwreck. He really was. So that's all I got to say. That's my second pick. Uh, Anna, we're back to you for yours. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to bring a very big chaotic energy here. Yes. And go for the jugular. I'm never going to financially recover Tiger from King. this. <laughs> it dropped literally the Monday when everything was shutting down, right? It's True Crime, it's a mini series, which are becoming very popular right now. And it just had like all this crazy stuff. I mean, you have, you know, cat smuggling. You have, you know, Carol Baskin potentially murdering her husband. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Um, <laughs> you have like a poly same sex marriage. You have, you know, multiple people coming in. You have, um, someone getting their arm ripped off. It's just, it's one sort of jump from the other. And then you have all these memeable moments where (laughs) Joe Exotic goes, I will never financially recover from this. And then, hey, all you cool cats and kittens. I use that all the time because I work at a university that is- Oh, that's that's great. I have a tiger for a mascot. So um, I will use that forever. The Tiger King was just the phenomenon. And like, it really was right at the beginning of the pandemic. Like, what was it like? late february early march i think is when it dropped it was like march 20th so my group actually went into quarantine on um march 13th mm-hmm. so it was like a week after i started working from home and i really don't think tiger king would have done as well no, if it was out if it dropped before i think it pandemic. would have been a thing and it would have I been really fun, don't. but 100%, it would not have been the crazy obsession that it became because there was nothing else really happening. I think it was Tiger King and what, Love is Blind was like yeah. the big thing going on then. People were talking really crazy about that show. Um, yeah. But Tiger King, literally, like you said, it was just one thing after another. It was like, oh, crap. Okay, this guy's kind of crazy. He's Joe Exotic. Oh, crap. And now it's this this lady who might have killed her husband. Oh, crap. He has two boyfriends who aren't gay. Wait, what? And then you have Doc Antle, who also has his crazy cat sanctuary. And then you have, you know, Jeff Lowe, this Don't crazy Las playboy. Vegas playboy Don't, who Joe Exotic turned his zoo over to. And then <laughs> okay i'm sorry you hafner i take it back very um, sus. That, that whole show was just, just it should have been called sus sus. I don't tiger know. sus like everyone on that show i feel like should be in jail for something yeah like they did they did like my favorite person in the show was the uh who was it the director the guy uh, filming everything for joe yeah the kid like no he's like he's a campaign manager yeah mm-hmm. like Man, he he kind of knew what he was getting into, but he really had no clue. Oh, and then of course the the guy the guy that uh, just shot himself. That was yeah. that happened. There were yep. so many things that just snowballed, and then really all that anyone wants to talk about now is just get Joe out of jail and Carol Baskin's killer husband. Uh, yeah. She was on freaking Dancing with the Stars, guys. Like that's a, that's a come up right there. 
that is how big this show was. I mean, that's yeah. I, I had a friend. I know they, they summed it up perfectly because they watched it before I did. And they were trying to tell me about it. And I was like, don't don't spoil it. And they were like, listen, this is the most unspoilable show that has ever existed, because everything I say is going to be topped by the next scene. Like, it's just going to be more and more <laughs> batshit crazy. And they're right. Like, it just there's no predictability. Uh, yeah, it, it, I just you guys said it all. I mean, it's just it's absolute chaos. We should have known the year we were getting ourselves into based off of that show. Um, Yeah, based off no of that kidding. jumping off point, we should have just known it was all going downhill from there. Oh, but positive note, the Tiger King Zoo is closed. And then Carol Baskin <laughs> also did dance to I Have the Tiger on Dance Great. Great. Oh, by the just way, I think it just story. happened this, this month. I think right. uh, one of her tigers attacked somebody, uh, Carol Baskins, at her sanctuary. Yikes. Oh, boy. Yes. So... You know, I'm sure we're going to keep hearing, of course, oh, and of course, 2021, we'll be seeing, like, I think two different iterations of the Tiger King story in movie form. They absolutely, Nicolas Cage, yeah, he's playing Joe Exotic. And uh, what's her name from SNL uh, is is playing, old girl, is playing Carol Baskins. Oh, is it uh, A.D. Bryant? No, it's not A.D. Bryant, it's, uh, what's her name? Kate, yep, it's Kate. Kate McKinnon. Oh, Kate wow. McKinnon, yep. Nice. Perfect so, choice. Ah, can't wait for those. Uh, Tiger King's <laughs> going to keep reaching on. You know, I think we're going to talk about it until 2025 for some reason or another. You know, Joe's going to get out and we'll see something happen. You know, how, he'll have a reality show then. He's probably going to run for president at this point. <laughs> I mean, Honestly, I'm oh, just really call. upset they did yeah. not cast Rob Lowe. <laughs> Rob Lowe really would have had that like smarminess, you know. Did you see the photos of Rob perfect. Lowe? I love them. As Joe Exotic, they're right. hilarious. So you went with Disney, and then you went with Tiger King. Uh, what's going to be that third pick? It's a crazy one. Um, so I'm actually going to do the yeah. Shit's Creek Emmy sweep. So tell us. Hmm. Yeah. Because one, they broke a record, <laughs> right? So Moira finally got her Emmy. You know, Alexis got one. Eugene Levy got one. The director got one. Mm -hmm. I think they, the record was Mrs. Maisel. And they exceeded that, right? So it was a perfect way to wrap up the show. And it was a comfort show for a lot of people this year. So I feel like just giving them the recognition for what they did for so many people, especially during quarantine, and just gave them a lot of comfort. Had to be on my team. I couldn't just for go sure. full chaotic. Yeah, this, I had to bring uh, some warm and fuzzies. Shit's Creek too, is, so. I came to it very late. I know Damon is, is struggling to get through season one. Uh, it's worth it, I promise. Um I agree. I think that if any show was deserving, especially this year, it, it was Schitt's Creek. I My highlight from that is watching um, Dan Levy watch his dad give an acceptance speech. That, that just, that gets me every time. It's so wholesome. Um, yeah, they're all just so deserving. They clearly made this show, especially this season, with, you know, just with our world that's on fire in mind. I mean, they just, yeah, it, the whole show, or that final season felt like a 
just a big warm hug. So that was that Emmy sweep was very, very deserving. Uh, Damon, what do you think? Yeah. So regardless of how I feel personally about the show, um, it's just like swimming up Shit's Creek, guys. I, like I can't, I, you know, I've tried three times now trying to get through that first season and I get like different levels and it's just like, I'm not laughing. I'm not, I don't want to watch the next episode. It really picks up season two. You have to push through it. I had the same reaction. And then at the end of season one, David does something and then they have to go deal with that in the beginning of season two. And then it just really ramps up <laughs> from the, there. And know, that's when you get really the, ew, David. And that's very fair because you know, of, like, I have watched other shows that up. I've loved. And, and for other people, it's very hard for them to get through the first season or two, like Clone Wars. Clone Wars has a very juvenile first season you know very simple that was when they were really still targeting it towards kids um and a lot of people you tell me like oh man i I just don't like it and i'm always like you know i get it you know you can start at season two if you really want to you're not really missing any important plot points and it really picks up you know and i've almost thought about starting at season two or you know or when that the bad thing happens uh in shit's creek but it's like i don't know if it's just me being stubborn or it's just like i'm like i want to enjoy the this first part because if i don't like why did they make this first part so shitty like why why can't i enjoy this first part but you know oh i oh. do i hate the office you could also argue that for the office season one right one, it's like scott's, scott's tots. Tots. nobody oh really God. talks about it. everybody ignores it it's terrible like it's Do you so mean the office whole entire series. You know, uh, Steve Carell's hair in the first. Because yeah, that's how I feel office. about the entire series. But that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, that's the thing. I also recognize that those are two of the most popular shows in like pop culture. Like this year, Shit's Creek it hit that level. It joined Friends. It joined. Um, it joined, uh, you know, that '70s show. It, it joined all those really big hits um, that people just always go back to when they think of those high-level comedies. Um, and it really deserves it because so many people love it, and it has a brilliant cast. Um, yeah. I will eventually get through that first season, and I probably will enjoy it. Um, I'll never enjoy The Office, but I, I feel like I will eventually <laughs> like Shit's Creek. Uh, I'm just, you know, I'll get there eventually <laughs> one day. But the fact that it swept the Emmys, uh, how many did it win? That's yeah. so impressive. Like, think of oh, all the shows. It was like seven or eight. Been, it was like, all it was those a prestige lot. TV shows, and they didn't hit that. Like, so the fact that Shit's Creek did, it, it, you know, it really deserved it because I saw so many people talking about that show online. So even if I don't like it, I can still respect that so many people love that show and i i you know hats off <laughs> um what's y'all's uh what was y'all's favorite part of That's the uh, the last warmest season? regards without like super spoiler spoilerness yeah i, I have one in mind but i don't want to say anything uh there is a there's a wedding that happens and it's uh it's perfection that's that's all i'll say There is a really big twist at the end, which I'm not going to reveal, which really shows that there was a situation 
really their whole situation and why they're in Shit's yeah. Creek could have been resolved really from the get-go. Um, and just the fact that this thing didn't actually happen and it forced these characters to go through this journey and it, it was just very heartwarming because it could have happened, but the person that this twist resolved around realized that they actually needed to be there and grow as human beings. And that was to me, you know, I have big Slytherin energy. So, you know, not a lot touches my heart and yeah. makes me cry, but that one actually yeah. like made me tear. And that's what I hear like, oh, you know, more than even so the, the laughter is, is how, you know, so. warm and like emotional the show can get, you know? So I definitely want to get to those parts uh, if I can. So really solid pick. Um, any other last thoughts about Shit's Creek? No, I just wanted to say, you know, we have the United States who's like Joe Exotic, and then I had to round it out with um, Canada. Shit's all right, then. So. so I'm going to go back to the good old shitty USA, <laughs> where um, we had this really awesome film come out this year. <laughs> and in it, we got to see this really stupid politician make a fool of himself. Oh, and, no. and so uh, I'm talking about our boy Giuliani. Uh, Rudy Giuliani in the Borat subsequent film. Um, for for one, oh. I, I picked this mainly because of this scene, but also our boy Giuliani had himself a year. Um, you know, first we had the whole Borat thing go down, you know, oh, and then we have the uh, press conference at Four Seasons uh, Total Landscaping. Um. <laughs> You can't make that up. That that was just. <laughs> we started the year in a Black Mirror episode, and then somehow we transitioned <laughs> transitioned into an episode of Arrested oh. Development. And I would really oh, like so to know many. how we got and there. And then we I get, have questions. We get the video. I'm sure. I'm sure you all seen it. If you haven't, don't watch it. But the video where Giuliani uh, blows blow you know sneezes into his <laughs> handkerchief. And then oh, proceeds to wipe it all over his face. Oh, so Giuliani yeah. was just, you know, for that oh, little no. stretch of like the, you know, month or two, he was just kind of everywhere, just shitting on himself. Just, just you everywhere know, pulling strikes. You know, he, he just in the batter's bat box, just, you know, just swinging and missing, just, just, just keep on missing. And the main miss was in Borat, you know, uh, oh, and we man. see him getting interviewed by our girl Tutar, you know. Uh, breakout role by her, by the way, such oh, a great yeah. character. Um, I really enjoyed that movie, and I can't believe I didn't think of it in the the list game earlier. You know, maybe I could have had first. You know, we'll never know. But the fact that Giuliani was like getting on that bed with this girl who he knows is underage, like, and then he says that he's fixing his mic. Yeah, yeah. What mic are you fixing, bud? Um. <laughs> Which one are you fixing there, buddy? But and then of course Borat comes in and, and interrupts them before anything truly can happen. But the just the fact that Giuliani was filmed in a in this movie parody uh, without really realizing it or knowing it, and then really showing us our his true colors um, was just was so twenty twenty. It had to be mentioned. Um, how do you feel about Giuliani in the year of twenty twenty, Anna? It was a tough look for our guy. 
especially with like the spray tan dripping down his face in that one press conference. He said so many, I can't even keep them all straight. It's just like, really, Giuliani, like we loved you after 9-11 and then somehow in the last 20 something years, you you dropped so hard and I, I have questions. If you need help, you can reach out to us. We will do our best to assist yeah. you. Uh, Giuliani, I, like I don't uncle, know what to you say. Know, like when you're a kid, he was the coolest and like would only do really cool things for you. And then as you get older, it's just, oh, okay. He's actually, he did, he's nothing. And he, he's kind of a bit of a slacker and, and, you know, is never there for anyone. And it's just, it never gets any better. So what, how do you feel about Giuliani, Kyle? Uh, you mean uncle Jesse? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would shots at uncle Jesse. <laughs> mercy. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, that I watched Borat with my roommates, I think the weekend it came out on Prime, and we were sitting there legitimately like in shock. One, that this movie was like able to come out in the first place, and I think that was the reaction when the first movie came out. Um, and then just like I, I just I, I finished the movie and I was like, how does this guy still have his job? Like, what, <laughs> what is happening right now? I, what kind of world is this? But it, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where it walks the line of like, it's still funny, so we can still laugh, and we laugh so we don't cry because he's just he's a shit show of a human being. Uh, and it's it just gets worse. Like you guys mentioned it, I I I was gonna mention the spray tan, and that's just that sticks out in my head. I just yeah, I, it's, it's not sticking in his head. It's not at all. Uh, it's one of those things where like Tiger King, we could at least kind of like not shrug off, but like, okay, this is meant to be wild and bizarre. And like, it's kind of trash TV. Like, that's the point. Giuliani, it, like, this is real life. And he is in a power uh, position of power. And it's just like, that is so frightening. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I'm optimistic to say, I think that we're on the tail end of it. Um, but yeah, that, especially just, or at like that scene uh i remember reading interviews after the movie came out even like sasha baron cohen saying like yeah we were in the other room very concerned for i don't remember the actress's name but the girl who played tudar like very concerned because we like we approached that scene with a lot of caution we, we were obviously able to step in if anything happened but like we were running a risk there and that just tells you like what kind of person he is and there was a very real danger and risk there when they shot that scene. So I do have to say like hats off to the makers of that movie for, um, you know, I guess going there or uh, like, I don't know. I just, they both movies have really impressed me in the fact that like they, I think they've mastered the art of like really kind of pushing buttons and like the satire that they, they present is just unmatched. I, I, I was so pleasantly surprised Number one, that we were even getting another Borat movie. I didn't think that would happen. Of course, it would happen in 2020. Um, and just that I, it, I, I didn't expect to love it as much as I did. And it was such a fun movie. And that scene just really sticks out. Love it or hate it. <laughs> it sticks out. Oh, that scene. The most shocking thing to me is that Sasha Baron Cohen <laughs> is repeatedly getting hired is, after yeah. making the first Borat movie. For some pretty prominent roles, right? Like he was um, Pirelli in Sweeney Todd. He was King Julian yeah, he, in he Madagascar. He just got that role in uh, Trial of Chicago uh, Seven. Les Mis. Yeah. Anchorman Two. 
it's just it's shocking to me that he keeps putting out these films and then people are like, oh yeah, Sasha right. Baron Cohen's still yeah. a thing, so we should probably hire him for something else. That's very. True. I mean, he did pull Isla Fisher. Though, oh, and so by the way, I the uh, actress's name uh, that played Tutar, Tutar is uh, Maria Bakalova. Incredible! Like, she, what a great breakout performance! Cannot oh, wait man. to see what she does next. So yeah, agreed. All right then. So yes, uh, uh, let's let's leave that. Uh, you know, let's not talk about Giuliani anymore. Let's hopefully he leave him in the rearview mirror. Kyle, uh, let's see what your third pick is. Um, okay, so jumping to the world of music, um, there's been a lot of really fun music this year. Uh, I think a lot of it, again, this is a theme that we're kind of talking about. We've a lot of it has represented the chaos that's happened this year, but this, uh, I don't know, man. I I love Phoebe Bridgers, and the album Punisher just felt very needed when it came out. I think it came out in June, so kind of smack in the middle of the the pandemic and the quarantine. Um, but again, yeah, it just it felt very needed. I'm a very big fan of her music anyway. Um, she kind of walks the line of like a little bit too sad sometimes, but it's still really good music, um, which is if you had to sum up my taste in movies, music or whatever is exactly that. A little too sad sometimes, but really good. Uh, and Phoebe Bridgers is definitely that. Uh, Punisher is a phenomenal album. She also had a Christmas album that came out just a couple weeks ago. It's also great. Or it's a Christmas EP, um, but yeah, Punisher just it felt uh, very necessary, very needed. It it was almost like very cathartic for me personally to listen to it and just kind of like, man, things are not great right now. They're gonna be okay soon, but it's okay to also like feel the things that I'm feeling right now while I listen to this album. It, it felt very validating, um, and that's what her music is really good at. Like it's just she is not someone who like releases music that's like things are going to be okay, which that's good too. I'm not, not at all, you know, shooting on that, but like, she just releases very honest music and about like, she's very honest about her mental state and the place where she's at. And I think that uh, I respect that. Like she is, she does not sugarcoat um, things in her, in her songs. So yeah, I think that just the timing of the album was, was perfect. It came out just at the, at the perfect time in, in my life personally. And I think that perfect time in the year you know we were all kind of i think it was like we were kind of hitting phases of the quarantine and the pandemic right like it was very hard at the beginning and then we kind of got into a little bit of a sort of routine and then it started getting really hard again and right around june i think it was june um this album just kind of like i don't know it validated a lot of people's feelings i think question is this a concept album about her looking through the eyes of frank castle aka the punisher you know, Damon, you just ruined the album for me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I wish. I mean, let's re-release it and you know, release it along with the surprise season three from of The Punisher. Oh, I love uh, that. Such a good yeah. show. Um, I have to say, I have not really listened to much of Phoebe Bridger's music, and I, there's really no good excuse. Um, you know, I feel like I'm just going to probably go listen to that right after this. I've heard people talk about her, you know, especially Kyle and a, a lot of our other friends in our in our Facebook group about, about her and her music. Um, it sounds like she just really blew up this year in the last, you know, this year and the year before. And for some reason I just kept getting her mixed up with, uh, who is it? Phoebe Waller bridge. Yeah. The two loves of my life. Yes. I thought they were the same person there for a little while. Not going <laughs> to lie. And I thought this person, Holy shit, this, she's a great actress and she can sing. And then I, you know, I found out pretty quickly that it wasn't the same person. So I was a little sad. Um, but you know, 
I, I don't have much to say about the the album and its and its uh, impact other than I've just whenever she's mentioned, I've only ever heard praise, you know, be mentioned afterwards. So what do you think about Phoebe Bridger's album, Anna? Honestly, I haven't listened to anything by Phoebe Bridgers, but I always love finding new musicians to listen to. So probably after the pod, I'm going to hop off and listen. But I'm very excited that you brought out this pick because none of us brought up music stuff yet. Music was a very interesting thing this year. You know, Um, there wasn't nearly as many releases. People weren't going on tour. You know, um, I'm a big fan of uh, EDM. And so I saw a lot of my favorite DJs go to the streaming world. You know, mm-hmm. there was a bunch of streaming festivals that hit and uh I even watched a couple sets and that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, so this year was very tough, I think, on musicians. So it was really great to see people drop a lot of really great important music. Um this and I believe the Fiona Apple also came out this year and I heard oh, really, yeah. really good things about that. Great album. Not in terms of albums, but mm, Tyga yeah. and Curtis Roach, really Bored good. in the House, awesome track. Because it's like right at the peak of quarantine, we're just sitting there and we're like, man, yeah. this is literally yeah. reflecting we, no, everything we're feeling music, right now. You have now. to, you know, mention, of course, T Swift and her her two albums, her two EPs. Uh, was it Evermore and uh, Folklore? Yeah, I did not listen to either, um, but I heard very good things. Yes. So it seemed like the the year of of you know those those important emotional sadness music. So, uh, what's your favorite? What would you recommend? Which three tracks from Punisher would you recommend to listen to to, to give me an idea of who Phoebe Bridgers is in her music, Kyle? Oh boy, uh, three <laughs> tracks. Let's see. Um, I'm gonna say motion sickness, which is fun. I don't think that's on Punisher, but it's an early one and it really gets gives you the vibe of you know Phoebe. Uh motion sickness, uh Kyoto and the, the title track Punisher. So Kyoto and Punisher are on uh, that album. But yeah, those three are my three favorites of hers. Um and uh yeah, I, I'm glad you guys are are checking her out. Feel free to message me afterwards because again, it's very sad boy music. Uh, but yeah, those three is they give you a really good idea of just the vibe of her music. It's very uh, real mellow and very acoustic, but that's my vibe. I, I love it. So yeah, great. I'm I'm glad a music some something uh, to do with music got picked because I love music and we don't talk about it enough on the pod. It's a very mm-hmm. abstract thing to talk about, especially if you don't know music theory and what have you like i don't you know so but uh i you know i'll i'll love it from afar so kyle <laughs> uh before we hit with that last pick do you want to break down your uh your three previous picks before yeah of course um so my first pick was just the ahsoka love this year <laughs> between um clone wars and mandalorian and now her new show being announced um and then i I mentioned Among Us, uh, my new obsession, and Phoebe Bridgers, specifically her album uh, Punisher. Um, so for my final pick, I am going to jump into yet another medium, um, uh, a medium we obviously love. Uh, I hope you're listening love this podcast, uh, a podcast that we all love, kind of the inspiration for this one. Um, Binge Mode jumped into the world of Marvel, and I just I'm so happy they did that. I think it was kind of the natural choice. You know, I remember in our in our lovely Facebook group, 
when they were still kind of keeping it a mystery of what their new season was going to be. Um, there was a poll and, you know, a lot of people thought maybe like Avatar, the last airbender um, people were expecting possibly Lord of the uh, Lord of the Rings and the MCU was the clear winner in that poll. And I think it is like the natural choice, um, you know, love or hate the MCU. I, I definitely am in the middle. Uh, I love some movies, hate some movies, but I, I hearing, I could listen to Jason and Mal talk about literally just like paint drying. I mean, they just, they just know how to make a topic engaging. Um, I love hearing Jason bring just all of his insane, uh, comic knowledge. Um, I'm still waiting on that reading order or reading list that he says he's gonna uh post eventually um (laughs) yeah it's never gonna happen (laughs) um but yeah i mean it's it's great it's bittersweet because i know that this is probably the last you know normal season of binge mode we're gonna get with uh with jason leaving but i it's an incredible way to go off i mean it it, you know it, it just i love the way they're covering i think they're in phase three now they're on civil war um and I'm, I'm excited for them to hit some of my favorites like Guardians 2 and Infinity War. Like I, they just they know how to go in depth about a topic that we're all passionate about. And they you know, I got hooked because of Harry Potter and I was already a huge Harry Potter fan. And after listening, they definitely just gave me such a deeper appreciation of that world. And that's the same for for these movies. Like they just I don't know the, the way, especially with Mal, she's so passionate I just love the pauses in the podcast because you know Mal's about to get emotional. Like I just, you can always tell. Uh, and yeah, they're just so passionate about these topics, and it's been it's been really nice to hear. I think uh, their Star Wars season ran into this new year, and that was also wonderful. But hearing them dive into a world that I personally really really like was just yeah, it was very uh, satisfying. I can't wait to see them wrap it up. Anna, how do you feel about Binge Mode Marvel uh, and its pop culture uh, significance in this year? So I feel like that was a dirty pick, Kyle, but game recognized here. Um, no, I mean, I still feel really chipped because obviously Jason's mm-hmm. leaving the ringer and I'll probably never get my Lord of the Rings binge, which is devastating. But I think terms of fandoms with a lot of content it was probably the most natural progression right because harry potter had a ton of content and they went and they did a deep dive into the books game of thrones had obviously eight seasons worth of content and they had book lore to back it up right so and those were just natural those were physical books so with all this comic book lore and Jason's knowledge, it sort of seemed like that was the route that they were going to go into. I still feel robbed, but, you know, it is what it is. I think it was a really great pick, especially with everything that's been happening this year. And obviously they started it before Disney Investor Day. But I'm crossing my fingers and hoping yes. that maybe yeah, Jason 100%. will freelance and do some stuff with the show, maybe. <laughs> Oh, you know, I, 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 you know I'm just going to keep sending. I'll send an email to uh, Ringer, uh, uh, you know, the Ringer uh, Emperor Bill Simmons himself and just keep saying, please let Jason do more binge mode. Please let Jason do more binge mode. And then, you know, just get it to where that make sure that happens. Because I feel like if he hadn't left the Ringer, we would be getting binge mode Lord of the Rings when that Amazon series drops. <laughs> 
I would love to hear their takes on the movies. Like those are three of my favorite movies ever. I... Yeah. And Amazon coming out with the series right. theoretically next year, it's probably going to be pushed to 2022, but just having that background, I think Jason doing a deep dive into the Cimarron would be like, yeah. chef's kiss but talking right? about Just binge mode in general like i love the deep dives they do I'm not- i love the chemistry they have everything that makes that binge mode special is is just what we love about it you know all the crazy sayings and all the impersonations that jason goes you know tony uh, <laughs> my terrible impersonation of his impersonation but um i and i love that they went with marvel i'm personally such <laughs> a big marvel fan i grew up watching the spider-man animated series as anyone who's listening to this pod probably knows um i grew up on the x-men like i like i used to would put this puzzle together i would i'd have like two puzzles growing up it was this one random nature puzzle and then this puzzle of the x-men it was Mm -hmm. and i would just put it together like every time i would go see my grandparents it was there i'd put it together every single time um and so when the marvel movie started coming out i didn't know too much about you know these characters iron man and all them but i just fell in love and so to hear you know that love and that passion come from mallory and jason is, is such a a great thing to see and listen to twice a week um i love the civil war episode i love the winter soldier episode i i love to hear them uh debate each other at the end of each episode even if it's a little sad that they're throwing shots at each other left and right <laughs> um but i don't know i don't know i just love it i love binge mode's energy and it is well, kind of sad because this could maybe be the last the last binge mode we get. So it is very fitting that it, it gets picked for this yeah. draft. Sad face. The great thing about binge mode is that Mal warms you to like a false sense of security, right? And then Jason's there with like the chaotic energy. Exactly. And, and pumping Mal you up, making sure you're actually still parts. paying attention. So I <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. I appreciate the game, Kyle, but you you know I'm still going to maintain it's a dirty pick. But I, (laughs) I got to say that's the most mainstream pick. Yeah, you got to win, man. I respect. (laughs) Even with Phoebe Bridgers, the pick before, and then hits us with binge mode Marvel. Uh, (laughs) What a one-two punch! Yeah, you got to appease the the masses sometimes. (laughs) I I love it. I love it. Uh, What a list from Kyle, and uh, so that that brings us to my last pick. Uh, just let's a uh, quick recap. I had the Mandalorian season two, had the Last Dance docu series, and then the whole Rudy Giuliani fiasco and the Borat subsequent film. Uh, so to round it off, my last pick was um, my favorite TV show of the year, mm. and not only that, but it breaking records. And I'm talking about the Queen's Gambit. Um, Hell yeah mainly because I just wanted to talk about this show some more. Um, We talked about it a little bit in passing, but really this show was enthralling from the moment I started it and to the end, I wanted to watch it and not stop. I was engrossed in the world of Beth Harmon. uh, This little girl we meet who's orphaned. Um, She becomes addicted to these pain pills. I mean, no, she becomes addicted to tranquilizers uh, rather early and then we find we fall, you know, we fall in love with her as she falls in love with chess. And I've never seen chess so interesting as far as like a visual level. I love the game, but being a spectator to chess has never been fun ever. Yeah. 
like it's just like i'd rather like i'll just look at my phone the entire time you know <laughs> but the way they had beth visualize the chess pieces on the ceiling the way she saw it working was so captivating and not to mention i fell in love with anya taylor joy in this role i had not seen her i believe before in a movie no i'd seen her in split actually um she was in that and she was pretty good but um other than that i hadn't really seen her in like a super big lead role and she was just fantastic um and it you know really had me believing why she had this whole group of these adoring loyal friends at the end that just cheered her on like she just won the world series and the world cup and the and everything all at once which was honestly maybe one of my favorite scenes of the year you know that and the whole grogu scene um I, I just thought it was shot beautifully um i felt invested with all the characters and it was it wasn't predictable but it wasn't unpredictable either you know you, you kind of had an you know you was wondering what was going to happen next but it was nothing ever too left field so yeah. it, you know it was kind of a comfort show that kind of kept you wondering the whole time while never being disappointed and I loved it. And of course, everyone else did too, because 62 million households viewed the show in the first 28 days, which uh, broke Netflix's record. So it's the most viewed Netflix show ever, uh, you know, in that time period. So it, I felt like it had to be mentioned. And I just wanted us to talk about the show. Uh, how do y'all feel about The Queen's Gambit, Anna? Oh, so I actually started watching it earlier today. Um, I, already know, I already know what happens, though, because I'm lame and I spoiled it because it's a miniseries. So one of two things I think is going to happen as a result of 2020, right? I think miniseries are really going to start taking off on streaming platforms like yeah. Disney Plus, Amazon, Netflix, Hulu, the whole shebang, mm -hmm. right? Just because of Tiger King and the success of Queen's Gambit. Um. Two, I work in marketing, so I actually did a little bit of research <laughs> before the pod because I knew one of you was going to pick Queen's Gambit, but I didn't know which one of you. So, um, actually, book purchases grew over 600% in three weeks about chess since this started. Etsy saw a 364% increase of buyers looking for chess-related paraphernalia, like if it's pieces, you know, um, boards, anything like that. At eBay, chess-related sales leaped over 215%. So really, it's showing the power of these streaming platforms and their content and how it's really translating into how we purchase things as consumers, right? So I think long-term, that Queen's Gamut was like the perfect showcase of how content really affects us as a, a society moving forward and people are going to be really selective when they pick things 100 uh what do you think uh, how do you feel about streaming's future and, uh, you know uh, is the queen's gambit kind of leading the way as far as the little mini series going for us yeah i i think i th i really love and respect the concept of a mini series i think if you land it like it's just such a unique way to tell a story um I, I know that there have just been so many shows that have been prone to going to, you know, to staying on air too long and kind of ruining their reputation, not looking at you supernatural. Uh, and, you know, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think it's a fascinating <laughs> idea, even with like 
not mini series, but even shows having shorter seasons, like The Mandalorian is a great example, just eight episodes. Like it kind of leaves me wanting more, but I'm glad it doesn't have more because it's just a, a succinct way to tell the story. Um, I'm actually hoping hoping Obi Wan is a a mini series. I think one season would be perfect to tell that story just to fill in those gaps. But yeah, I think the Queen's Gambit is certainly at the forefront of this conversation. Like I, this show is just like Damon said, like it made chess so fascinating. It like, I mean, it, the last episode is freaking Rocky four and I'm still here for it. Like, it's just, it, it, it it's so fun. Um, she is phenomenal. So uh, unlike Damon, I, I'd seen a lot of Anya Taylor-Joy. Um, I love her in The Witch, but yeah, this just kind of, like made me fall in love with her all over again. She is, I will be shocked if she's not at least nominated for, uh, for an Emmy. Um, she just, yeah, just pitch perfect. Um, I, it did, the show does a great job of just giving, uh, time to just really get to know all these characters, not just Beth. I love, I love my favorite scene of the season by far is the, it's kind of inconsequential, but the game that she plays with the little, uh i'm gonna stop talking because i just remembered anna hasn't watched it at all yet uh <laughs> okay okay I read uh, book, fair enough so, right? so the, the, I the already game she plays with the, the russian kid um and just the way that they got kind of talk back and forth and he's talking about how like this game is all i have this is my life this is i was you know i've always wanted to play chess and it's kind of all i have going for me really that's kind of what he says and um I just love like the mutual respect between the two of them. Beth is a very complicated person, but she definitely has respect for other chess players. And at the end of the game, when she's like, you're the best player I've ever played. Like, that's just, I love that. I love the, I always love seeing, you know, sports or whatever in these competitions when people have respect for other people in, in the game that they play. Um, so yeah, this just, I, I really do want to read the book. This made chess so interesting to me. Um, I don't play a lot, but it, yeah, the, the, the what Damon was saying, like the visual way that they show the chess games and the way that Beth sees the chess pieces is so fascinating, just really well directed. Um, just a really interesting show, and uh, yeah, I agree. It's gonna, it's definitely gonna turn the tide on miniseries in the future. I mean, uh, Love Lovecraft Craft Country was another example of that, right? Like, are we getting another season of that? I think so. I would, okay. I would, I would uh, bet yes. Okay, so fair enough, but like even that just had an incredible amount of success just from one season. That if they wanted to, they could just you know dip out. I think Watchmen is another example. Like they're just doing, they're taking more risks with these miniseries, and they're really paying off because there's a lot of like Netflix probably had a great budget <laughs> for the Queen's Gambit. So, uh, and obviously you see the fruit of that and the result of that with how you know how many people streamed it. So. I'm very excited to see what they do with with miniseries in the future. Right, like I mean, like Anna said, it really is the future. Like streaming, especially, oh, it's so weird with the, how the pandemic hit because we already going towards the streaming as the future, but the fact that the pandemic hit really almost put it on the fast track and almost made these companies like, okay, I guess it's time now. You know, let's make that five year plan a two year plan. Right. Um, and now, like I mean, you see in our picks the top moments of 2020. We have Disney's Investor Day, which is almost like 80% of it is about streaming content. Um, mm -hmm. Tiger King was streamed directly on Netflix. Uh, Shit's Creek, w was that that was on TV first, I believe. Um, but then we had The Mandalorian on Disney Plus, The Last Dance, Queen's Gambit. Uh, you know, uh, it's so much content we're going to get to, to us from streaming now. 
Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see what stems that from that because like I I think miniseries are almost the evolution of the movie, at least for the mm-hmm. TV like the TV movie, they're able to to flesh out a story in a much larger amount of time while still not tying down to be like yeah this is a three season commitment thing you know instead let's just tell a story and do it well and then be done with it um, right so I think yeah I I think we're gonna get some really interesting miniseries. And I can't wait to see what we can get from them. Um, I definitely, I almost could have swore they did say the Obi-Wan Kenobi series was limited series. Like when it first, like when they first talked about it, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's still the case, but I do think that was a, an actual thing they said at one point. Right. So. Well, here's the thing I'm worried about with all the Disney investor day content, right? There's so much coming out all at once. Yeah. I'm just wondering if it's all going to be quality. Still excited for yeah, all of always, it, but always the risk that you run. I don't with know. That, you know, quantity over, over quality, but the I think the encouraging thing about that is like I don't know about a lot of other ones, but like Obi Wan, I think is being uh, cr- the showrunner is someone from The Mandalorian. Um, I think it's, it's Deborah Chow, isn't it? Yes. I think it's yeah. Uh, so as long as they have a bit of cohesion in like the voices going into these projects, I think that, I think they'll be okay. But yeah, I agree with it. Call all coming out. It's almost like fatigue, right? Like it's just, what do I watch? There's so much available. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. I will say I would argue against that because for the longest time, all that TV was, was drama series and cop series and crime series. And people don't get fatigued off of that. That's Give us true. all of our fantasy series. Give me them all. That's that's a good point. But the reason why that was all probably happening is because they really didn't have the budget and the graphics weren't really there yet to do them well, right? And after Game of Thrones, they proved that they can actually execute it from start to finish. Like these nerdy fandoms, like, you know, that we would, you know, we got, we took whatever we could get growing up, you know, oh man, Harry Potter, there's no merch or anything those first few years real right like as i know as a teenager I, like i could find nothing hufflepuff nothing mm. <laughs> and now it's fucking everywhere and so like it, it's mainstream you know like the the nerd the nerdum is mainstream now so the fact that they, they have that power that uh i guess the bottom line they're like we can make this and even if it's bad we can still make our money back so right. I, I think that's a big a little part of it like they just have a little bit more cushion for for the for failure yeah um but so that that's my fourth pick and after that nice talk about streaming uh we're gonna go to a real quick break before we get to Anna's last pick all right guys we're back we just had to take a quick break and um we are about to break down anna's final pick so do you want to give us a rundown of your first three all right so my first three are disney investor day Tiger King and the Schitt's Creek Emmy sweep. Love it. That's a nice rhyme to it, you know. <laughs> oh, does it? Schitt's oh, Creek Emmy sweep. I, I, sweep. <laughs> I almost called it the pandemies, but I was like, no, that's a little too, uh, <laughs> <laughs> a little too cringy. <laughs> um, okay. So for this next pick, I'm actually surprised you guys didn't pick this one, but I'm going to go with Hamilton dropping on Disney+. Plus. Ooh, great call. So I feel like 
well, one, Hamilton's just such an interesting musical to begin with, right? Um, but I think in terms of 2020, it's the people in America today telling the story of America then. And I think it's super poetic in that aspect. And to be honest, when it dropped on Disney+, Plus, it had... All my friends loved it, right? Because I'm friends with a lot of musical theater geeks. And they kept hyping it. And they're like, it's amazing. It's amazing. You have to watch it. You have to watch it. And I watched it. And I was like, I feel like this is really overhyped, right? And then I actually did a little bit more research. And just the construction of every single song was fantastic after I did my research. Like in one of them, he actually does like the AOL dial-up song mm -hmm. in the woes in my shot. And I was like, oh, you know what? That does sound really familiar. And, you know, personally, I'm an In the Heights fan. Mm. But just given everything that happened this year, all the hype up that happened online, I really felt like I had to pick Hamilton because I needed a musical pick right to round out my draft but yeah I, I gotta go with Hamilton such a good pick um are you sad that in the heights didn't come out this year I was devastated I wasn't actually going to address that but <laughs> 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 moving on um, <laughs> I you know Hamilton like when it came out was it 2015 um I think 2015, 2016, that was, like, the first I ever heard about, like, Lin-Manuel Miranda and this, like, super, super big play. I, I don't think it, I had heard people talk about a play, like, in that regard since, I don't know, uh, Wicked, I think, like, in the, like, early 2000s, maybe. Yeah. Um, but it was just huge. It was everywhere. And then I thought I was never going to get to see it because I love musicals, but I don't have the money to go drop a 100 on a ticket to go see all these all the plays i would love to go see so you know i was just kind of resigned to that and then they decided to drop it on disney plus and the fact that they filmed it like they did was very interesting i wish i could have almost gotten to see it like you know how it would have looked you know from a, the view of the crowd mm. but i thought that was really fun and i just love the music i love the energy I like I loved it. I really did, and I was so happy that I got to see it. I'm so happy that so many people around the world got to see it. Other, you know, when they wouldn't have otherwise. Um, the pandemic is a terrible thing that happened. It's still happening, but you know, silver lining. There was some some really cool things that were able to happen because of the pandemic. And I don't know if this was going to happen otherwise. I'm not sure if they had it in the cards or not. Do yeah. y'all know? I I don't think it was. Yeah, I didn't hear anything about it before um before the pandemic so i think that was kind of what caused it so that's i mean that's just crazy you know like so i got to watch it because the world was going to shit and i got my shot stuck in my head for the next month <laughs> just singing that over and over you know such catchy songs um the story itself you know isn't one of my favorites um but it was just an infectious, really fun, positive little musical that the world, you know, really jumped on there for a couple months. And then it kind of sprung back up recently, guys, with all the Spotify wrapped. 
yeah and seeing everyone how <laughs> much they listen to the the soundtrack of Hamilton. <laughs> Were you one of those, Anna? I actually was not. I only listened to it a couple times. Actually, my rap was really all uh, Vitamin String Quartet because it's one of the ways I can listen to my raunchy songs at work in case I pull up my headphones and I won't get yelled at. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, oh, like your second to top artist was Vitamin String Quartet. And I was just sitting there like, yeah, I haven't really listened to that since like March. (laughs) So that probably attests to how much I actually listened to it, which... Side note, Vitamin String Quartet is actually in Bridgerton. Amazing. Awesome. That's my plug for today. Um, <laughs> if you haven't seen Bridgerton, go watch it. What but, are your thoughts on Hamilton uh, dropping on Disney Plus, Kyle? Yeah, I mean, I was also one of the people who uh, not only had, you know, had not seen the musical, but I actually, I'm stubborn this way, refused. I refused to listen to the album on Spotify. I was like, I want to someday in the pipe dream, like, see this. You know, I want to see it live or at least just see the full get the full picture and yeah dropping at disney plus was just i mean it was a godsend like i i really this year have kind of gotten into the musical theater scene um i was i enjoyed some stuff before but this year largely due to the pandemic and being at home i've really i've just kind of dived into i've never really gotten into that uh stuff before so um yeah, I mean, it, it, Hamilton is just such an achievement anyway. There's a reason it's been so hyped since, you know, 2015 or whenever it was. But uh, I agree. Like the way the way that they presented it on Disney Plus was wonderful. I think that that's an incredible production in and of itself. And I mean, that Hamilton is the reason that I just I'm so obsessed with like Jonathan Groff now and and uh, Christopher Jackson and David Diggs. Like I. I had seen David before in the movie Blind Spotting, but he just he's so good in this uh, in Hamilton. And um, yeah, I just it, it's so I really hope people take or streaming services. We were just talking about this with miniseries, but I hope they take notes from how successful this was. Uh, like, I would love to see, you know, either uh, I don't know if this exists or not, but either a streaming service dedicated to like concert versions of of musicals like this or maybe Disney plus picks up a couple more. I'd love to see maybe like dear Evan Hansen drop on something. Cause I, I adore dear Evan Hansen, but um, I think it's a great way to, cause yeah, Broadway, man, Broadway tickets are not cheap. Like that's just not a viable thing for a lot of people and getting the chance to see something like this is really unique. It's a, you know, theater is such a, an important part of our culture. Um, and yeah, I think that dropping it on something like Disney plus uh, I don't remember if Disney Plus dropped this year or last year. Um, last year. Last year. That's right. Um, but, you know, Disney Plus really that's could have been one of our picks as well because that really shown this year. I mean, I, I think I watched more, thing on, more things on Disney Plus than any other streaming service. Um, and Hamilton was a large part of that. So, yeah, this is, uh, is a great way to round out the draft because Hamilton has been kind of a cultural icon for a few years now, but I think this year certainly it saw a um, a resurgence. That and it also showcased a different learning style, right? If Hamilton came out when I was in high school during AP U.S. history, right, I probably would have paid more attention to the Founding Fathers versus the... <laughs> Yeah, you know, just reading it in a book, right? And I really hope, like you were saying earlier, that there's really more of a W like XXI streaming option for people who can't actually afford 
like Disney Plus, Netflix, who like all these streaming services that we can provide just to be able to get these sort of performing arts pieces into people's homes. Yes. So I think that would be super cool. I agree. Theater is so fun and awesome to experience. And I just wish I could experience it a lot more. So like a, a service like that would be epic. I feel like if anything, it would even just create more popularity in theater, you know, and actually have more people go, go and see theater live eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say there are several movie adaptations coming out of uh, plays. I think they are doing Dear Evan Hansen. They are. Uh, yes. Yep. They're doing In the Heights, of course, which was supposed to come out this year. I'm sorry, Anna, I won't mention it. <laughs> um, they're doing uh, – uh, what else are they doing? I know, I, I, Wicked. They're finally making a movie adaptation of Wicked. Yeah. And, of course, they did Cats, and that's all we'll say about that. <laughs> Ignoring uh, Cats because that movie should just never have been made, even yeah. though it had an all-star cast. <laughs> but... They all needed some money. <laughs> they I, all needed a big old paycheck. I will not see Wicked because Wicked in its height was my senior year of high school. And we did the marching band piece. We did the winter concert band series. We did it um, as the senior song to my graduation. Like I am so wicked out for the rest of my <laughs> life. I literally just hear the opening two notes to popular and I'm like, popular in my head and i'm like oh my god it's just like in my being (laughs) that's fair that's fair um you know i'm waiting for the day that they make a remake of greece oh wow so yeah yep i don't know how that even happens but it'll happen and i'm here for it because unironic greece fan right here i love it Um, i'm here for it i don't know they already did it it was called greece 2 and it was terrible oh greece 2 was amazing (laughs) Oh, no. Wow. Rider was the that, bop. That and going to war and oh man, that 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 was the, the Luau scene and the bowling scene. That Don't hate on the bowling scene. Might okay. be the hottest take I've ever heard. Damon, podcast I will idea. Stand for Greece podcast too, idea. Forever. Unpopular movies that you stand. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> yes. All right. I love that. Please invite me. Because we all know what my first pick's gonna be. Yeah. No one take it. Oh, 100%. Anna, you are, of course, <laughs> welcome back for that one. <laughs> yeah. I will not take that one because I definitely do not stand that movie. It should never have been made, but that's the <laughs> As long as you enjoy it, that's all that matters. Right. I do. I really do. But, uh, you know, that wraps up our draft of, you know, uh, top pop culture moments of 2020. And I felt like we really hit a pretty wide variety of different moments. But uh, so much happened this year in a year where really nothing happened in a weird way. Um, what were some of the other top moments that we didn't get to draft any of us, but you wanted to mention, uh, Anna? Okay. My my first backup pick was going to be WAP. A hundred percent. Shapiro's worst wet nightmare. <laughs> I mean, you got Meg the Stallion, you have Cardi B just coming in with big energy and doing all these things that male rappers have done for years. And all these Karens are metaphorically clutching their pearls and saying, this is unacceptable. It's like, well, no, this has been happening for years. It's just a woman now doing it. I loved it. I'm here for it. It was my, um, my fifth most repeated song on Spotify this year. (laughs) Right. Fantastic. It had such a good beat. The beat was so catchy. Yeah. 
in the music video like was so dope i i could watch that over and over again like the the different scenes and the different colors yeah i could have oh. done without um i can't remember who it was jenner yeah i couldn't remember if it was kylie or kendall i feel like it was kendall. I, I doesn't matter <laughs> uh that that's a good one uh my fifth pick my alternative was going to be disney's investors day just in case no one picked it for whatever reason, you know, it was there. Um, I also had Tiger King for six. What about you, Kyle? What was your uh, next couple picks? Um, yeah, I going along the lines of Tiger King, I did. I had Love is Blind. Just I, Trash TV really kind of shown this year. Um, Love is Blind was just... Big Brother. Yeah, Big Brother. I mean, Love is Blind was just kind of like the train wreck I didn't know I needed. Um, and then... Uh, this is kind of mean, but I was very fascinated and almost kind of entertained by the how rapidly Game of Thrones just disappeared from people's conversation this year because <laughs> of that horrible last season. It was just great. I was like, wow, that was a cultural icon and no one talks about it anymore. I just thought that was so uh, Here's my take on Game of Thrones season eight. The only part of it that actually happened was episode two. Brienne got knighted and then it ended. That's it. Yeah, it was the best finale ever. Then it ended. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Um, what were some of those others? Uh, you know, just going down the line. Did any others you wanted to mention? You know, couldn't did, could not get on your top four, but you know, you'd you'd hate to not mention it before we leave. So I have a lot of Debbie Downers, which is why I didn't put them in my draft. But I have to give a shout out about Chadwick Boseman because yeah. it's such yeah. a pivotal moment in MCU history. Yeah. Right, we're never going to see T'Challa and Storm on screen together, which is devastating. Oh, we don't man, know don't how hurt. they're going to pass the mantle. Like, is it going to go to Shuri, which is in the comics, or are they going to bring back Killmonger, or what? What's going to happen here? Or are they just going to ignore it all together and really go more into exploring Wakanda and how their whole country works? So, right. I feel like that was an important thing to note as well. That was my seventh, and but I was also not really wanting to go with the super sad picks if I could help it. Yeah, I mean, I I think it was our our Superman episode that we recorded like right maybe a day or so after he passed away, and we mentioned it then. But I think the the positive we can pull from that is just the reactions we just had. I mean, when Anna brought it up, is like it's clear how um, how big of an impact he had on us, on really the world. Uh, especially the MCU. Um, I'm very curious to see what they do going forward. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was certainly a, a just a monumental um, loss for sure. Um, it wasn't just the MCU either. It was, it was a black culture. Yes. Like he was, he would become a black icon yeah. and the, the small amount of time he had become a uh, black Panther. And he, not to mention, he played James Brown. Jackie Robinson. He played Jackie Robinson. Yeah. He played, these black african-american icons and he was so good at them and and then he and now posthumous apparently i still haven't seen it but i've heard that his best performance is in uh, ma rainey's black bottom mm, yeah and that just makes me so sad because like you know he could be be making movies for the next 20 years for us and just seeing this great career and you know and it's just it's gone yeah. so yeah um, but and then i had I had uh, one final one, just kind of along the lines of what you guys are saying. Didn't want to, you know, Debbie Dunn or anything. This isn't really a Debbie Donner, but I just want to say that I'm very proud of the Harry Potter fandom. Uh, 
we all collectively decided that this series was actually written by Daniel Radcliffe and not that vile <laughs> woman who exists that I won't mention the name of. Um, really, really big bummer this year to learn that the creator of my favorite, you know, thing in the world uh, is actually a piece of shit. Um, but, you know, it happens. And I'm just again, I'm really proud of uh, the binge mode fam and really just the Harry Potter fandom in general. I, you know, I, I would argue the Harry Potter fandom anyway is one of the more positive fandoms out there um and yeah the way we all just kind of rallied and decided like you know we're, we're gonna take this world from her this doesn't belong to her anymore it belongs to us now i'm i'm very proud to be a harry potter fan and just to i just i'm very proud of everyone for kind of taking ownership of that and acknowledging that like this series is about the opposite of what she's talking about this series is about acceptance it's about love um and she doesn't get that anymore so Maybe she never did. Um, it's troubling, but I just, yeah, I'm proud of the fact that we all decided, no, you don't, you know, you don't, you didn't write this series. Daniel Radcliffe did. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, and, and I just wanted to mention a couple other big moments that, you know, I, w- I would really be sad if we didn't go over the death of Kobe Bryant, of course, was huge yeah. at the beginning of the year, um, really hit sports in a very serious way. Um, he was such an icon and especially in LA, I feel like LA really, you know, was was super. It was super special to that town and that city. Um, of course, the uh, royal exit, you know, for Megan mm-hmm. and them, that was a uh, pretty crazy. <laughs> um, the Will Smith and Jada entanglement is a much more entertaining one, though still messy yeah. situation. Mm-hmm. Um, all the Zoom reunions, <laughs> you know, were crazy, yeah. and something else we would not have gotten without the pandemic. You know, we got the the awesome Shia LaBeouf really high for the Fast Times reunion. Um, you know, we, we got got a bunch of them. So I had to mention that. Can, and beyond- can I just interject about the Princess Bride reunion? Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. It was like the perfect trolling moment because Ted Cruz is such a Princess Bride fan. <laughs> and just the fact that the whole cast of his favorite movie was like, no, we are very democratic and we do not support you. We are supporting your, com- like your competitive party. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I loved it. It was an oh, ultimate mic it. drop. You know, Mandy Patinkin, Billy Crystal, Carrie Yules, here for it. Thank you so much. Oh, I love Carrie Yules. He's so great. I, I loved him in uh, Stranger oh, Things. Yeah. Amazing. Um, well, uh, I think we, for the most part, oh, you know, can't forget the fly on my yes. head. Ice waters. I yes. they sold out online. So angry. <laughs> oh, and then of course, you know, it was just it was more than just pop culture. But Biden and Harris winning uh, the presidency was was just what we needed in America, or else we were really just going to lose it. Yeah, you know. Really? I don't know if we'd be doing this podcast right now if that didn't happen. The whole <laughs> SNL depiction of the election deserves some kind of award. It was like the ultimate casting, just the comedy behind it, and the fact that they couldn't even keep a straight face while they were performing was just amazing. Yeah. It reflected, yes. I oh. think, the state that we all just were at at that point. It's like we're just so fucking done and over it all. Uh, I mean, look, guys, like, I'm so glad we made it. The year is finally about to be over. Um, I saw a TikTok 
uh, shout out to our good friend, Melissa from our Facebook group did a duet with her. Or I think, um, it's basically this person's like, all right, we're entering 2021. You're going to be real quiet about it. Don't make any noise. Don't want to <laughs> screw it up. Like I, that, that sums it up. Like, I'm just so ready for this new year, new opportunities. Hey, if you're listening that, thank you so much. I mean, this has also been the year, the beginning of our podcast, and I wasn't going to be that guy and make that one of my picks, but I've certainly loved doing this. Um, so grateful for you guys listening. Uh, so grateful for you, Damon, for having this idea. And uh, we're going to be around hopefully for many years to come. So yeah, this was a crazy year, but guys give yourself literally a round of applause because we made it. <laughs> Golf clap. And, you know, speaking of things that didn't happen without the pandemic, this podcast started because of the pandemic and just trying to cure that boredom, (laughs) just, you know, and, and my love of, of fandom, you know, and, and I couldn't have had anyone else better to do it with than Kyle. And we've had some amazing guests, Anna, you killed it today. Uh, (laughs) Thank you for joining us. It was a blast. Definitely. We'll have you back. Can't wait. Um, And, um, you know, and I just hope people keep turning in and uh, we'll keep making some really crazy random episodes. We have a really awesome lineup. Uh, You know, if y'all want some nice spoilers for future episodes, uh, we just came up with a really awesome one today. Uh, We're going to do in the future uh, Dream Muppets remake movie remakes. Yeah, that's going to be on that one, isn't he? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He doesn't know it yet. but This is his way of finding out. Thank you, All Olivia, you have to do is just say Muppets yeah. like three times and Thad will appear. Tears <laughs> like, Muppets Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> Muppet juice, Muppet juice, Muppet juice. <laughs> oh, and then uh, Kyle, do you want to you wanna spoil a couple episodes? Uh, yeah, we've also got, um, we've got a big one. We, we're hitting the new year um, with a bang. We are going to come out with uh, our top, Damon and I are going to give you our top uh, five tv shows of all time um it's going to be probably the hardest episode we've ever done i've got about 15 on my list right now um and we are going to be hitting you with our top five comic book movies uh another really tough one will be joined by our good friends um chaitanya and ryan um that'll be a big one and we are hitting you with some harry potter fun stuff i just mentioned it this fandom is ours guys and so we're going to hit you with a kind of a harry potter uh build your own uh, i guess mission draft um that's all i'll say about that it'll be a unique one for sure and um yeah it's it's going to be exciting we're heading into this new year with tons of fun ideas as always um if you have ideas for episodes if you would like to be a guest your, your thoughts on this episode you know what did we miss um let us know at uh damon is going to hit us with that email address because i forget it every week <laughs> yes it, it's all good it's planet.fantasypod at gmail.com and also follow us on ig at planet.fantasy where you'll get some extra content like mini drafts and some awesome uh, little video stories whenever we mm-hmm. get around to it <laughs> but uh until then guys uh i believe that covers it and hopefully you'll tune in and check us out next week guys But until then, we'll see y'all. Happy New Year. Bye. Bye, Happy New Year.